0: Welcome
1: to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez.
0: And I'm Stephen McNally. And we are your home for F1 racing on this side of the pond. And we will be racing on this side of the pond this weekend, Ryan, as we uh, anticipate an exciting Canadian Grand Prix.
1: I know, and no natural disasters impeding on this one just yet, although there might be some rain. But we are hoping for a clean Canadian GP, and we're hoping for some good racing right that's always the you know I, I'd like to think that every race has good racing but not all tracks are made equal right Steve
0: right but uh, th- this tends to be one of the favorites of mine uh, you know, it's kind of a fast track it's got uh, some sweeping corners fast chicanes a great hairpin to make passes uh, it lends itself to some action and uh, ge- generally like you know short quick laps so we get Kind of a, a longer race when you look at the amount of laps. It's a seventy-lap race, so um, you know the added spice of some wet weather is always something that Canada's provided. We had some epic, you know, moments from you know Jensen Button and in, in years past, and Lewis Hamilton, Seb Vettel. Um, so yeah, can't wait to see what this weekend provides.
1: Yeah, I think some folks are looking for some bright spot in their season at this juncture. I think some people are looking for a reset. I think some people are looking for a homecoming. It's a lot of good storylines, I think, this weekend for uh, Montreal.
0: Yeah, well, you know, last week in Spain, Mercedes brought all their new goodies and their upgrades, and they finished second and third. Aston Martin had this date pinned on their calendar, and they've definitely had some braggadocio about it, uh, saying that Spain would be the last race that... Fernando Alonso would not be on the podium, and they would be significantly, you know, faster come this race and moving forward. So, uh, anticipating some more Fernando, you know, just just smiles and swagger, and uh, potentially a, a you know new winner.
1: Yeah, although I think it will factor into. Some of my predictions here—it's a lot of them center around Aston Martin this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> gotcha. So that the tease for later.
0: No, just a co- couple of points of you know news throughout the week uh, since we didn't really have any racing this past week. But uh, you know, uh, is, is Lewis Hamilton's future you know sealed up? Is it uh, you know we'll always talk about him being maybe on the brink of retirement? Ever since 2021, what, what was his dedication to the sport? Uh, there have been reports coming out saying that he signed a new contract, put pen to paper. He's got a one-year deal for 2024, and then a you know quote-unquote player option for 2025. But nothing official has come out yet. But all, all the murmurings have seemed to uh, you know relay the point that he'll be in a Mercedes for the next two years.
1: Oh, man, so many jokes in there. I thought you were referring to his relationship with Shakira. He goes, (laughs) and you're just really talking about what he's going to be doing in a car for the next few years. No, uh, all seriousness aside, you know, there's some flirtations with Ferrari out there, which was denied by many people. Um, I think George has also uh, been in talks to lock up, and did it a a little bit earlier. So this, you know, looking like Mercedes is locking up the foreseeable future, uh, but nothing official, right? And I... I don't know if I'd want to see Lewis in another car, especially not that dumpster fire that is Ferrari, but uh it would be cool to see him in the Ferrari, but not this current version of the Ferrari. So Mercedes seems like the right choice. It just seems like it's retire or stay in.
0: Yeah, L- Lewis and Ferrari have always seemed like, you know, you you have those people in your friend group who you know would make a great couple for some reason they've always been with somebody else and you know just never You know, made that next step into, like, a relationship. Like, man, seeing Lewis in red, like, that would be great to see it, you know, once. But. uh,
1: Yeah, if we're both 40 and we're unattached, we'll get married.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, he's knocking on the door of 42. So, uh, or 40 as well, not 42. He's knocking on the door of the 40 club. Uh, much
1: like Ferrari and Lewis, uh, Ryan's uh, American analogy of the week is Stephen Ross' hard-on for Tom Brady. That seems will <laughs> go uh, at this point beyond uh, retirement because Tom Brady hopefully will be permanently retired going forward. But uh, yeah, uh, interesting as it is. Um, I just think hopefully Mercedes has the car to make Lewis's final years interesting. Uh, no one likes seeing... This dominance of Red Bull. Nothing against Red Bull. God bless them. They and, and good in congratulations that they've uh, you know they're a competitive team. They put the work in. They got talented drivers. But you like to see a few more people on the podium and a few more people in P one at the end of the race. Uh, and Red Bulls had them all this year. Yeah,
0: it, it's it's one thing if you know they're they're a championship leader and Max is a championship leader and ultimately they win both. But you're, you're hogging all the all the fun stuff from everyone else, you know. Uh, it, the 2017, 18, 19 uh, era of quote unquote Lewis and Mercedes domination. You know, uh, set Vettel was getting his wins, and Daniel Ricciardo was in there getting wins. Max was getting wins. Um, you know, there there was a mix of other drivers having success, and it seems like since the halfway point last year till now, there's just. Uh, have been crumbs for everyone else to pick up. So, yeah, like we we understand a- elite dominance is the goal, and I think we just want to see some better competition from the other teams. And it's ultimately up to them. Like Red Bull's not going to slow themselves down. It's up to the other teams to, you know, develop themselves into a point where they can compete.
1: What right, one team?
0: I- what one team who is uh, not in a good position is Williams. Um, as team principal and former Mercedes team member James Vowles came out and said, uh, <laughs> their facilities are 20 years behind what modern F1 team should have.
1: Yeah, and um, they don't want to have to move to Las Vegas like the athletics are doing. So they're, they're hoping that they can improve their conditions. And uh, Steve, we were talking about it, that uh, he's trying to encourage uh, F1 officials to let him go beyond the cap, so uh, the hard cap, the spending cap, so he can at least get them up to competitive, not necessarily to get an advantage, but to get them to be competitive.
0: Yeah, basically pleading with them. It's like, look, look, I, I'm working out of a shack here in the you know countryside of England. I've barely got electricity running to this place. You want me to compete with Ferrari and Mercedes? Like, I think you guys can give me a couple, you know, Extra shekels here and there, just so I can, you know, keep the lights on at the end of the day. Um, you yeah. uh, know, whether or not that's fair, I I get they're they're in no position to challenge for any of the top spots, and you know, uh, the Mercedes and you know Aston Martins of the world probably won't bat an eye at it. But you know, if if you look at how close it is between finishing last and finishing sixth in the constructors—it's basically one result at this point. Because, like we talked about in the last pod, how the point structure is right now, just one decent result from Williams could catapult them from last to seventh, and that's a substantial amount of prize money to have. So, if I'm, you know, Haas and Alpha Romeo and you know Alpha Tauri, I. Uh, I'm not buying the argument so much. I feel like, you know, w- the, the amount of money that's pouring into the sport and spread amongst all the teams, and, you know, if you're asking now essentially a billion dollars as an entry fee for the next team to come in, like, you're going to get your money, and you should still be competing on the same level of fairness as all the other teams.
1: But I am curious if it is an issue of like the way the cap is now that they can only spend so much per year to also improve their facilities that it's going to take them a longer time. It's not a matter of, oh, we're poor. It's just that we've got so much to make up and the cap's making it hard. So what I would recommend in this instance, if to be fair, is to look at all the teams, see what is the standardization and create a floor, like a, a spending floor and allow a one time Boost to get up to the spending floor, and then at that point, it's not a full. You know, I you know, I would say we're not going to get to the point where Williams wants to just modernize, but we're maybe somewhere in between, some sort of compromise that everyone can agree on, and maybe that helps some other teams too. But it's a fair assessment. Um, that's what I would do. Just like we have uh, salary floors and uh, like Major League Baseball and things like that, you have to spend a certain amount of money. Uh, per the collective bargaining agreement that's in those leagues. I would like to see something like that here. I hate to see Williams kind of twist in the breeze if they're limited by the rules. Um, If they have the money, it's one thing. If they're looking for a handout, that's another. But I'd like to see us find a solution so all teams are useful. If you're going to block teams from joining F1 and you're going to let Williams twist in the breeze, it's kind of annoying to me.
0: Yeah, again, it was a devil's advocate argument from me. You know for for the other you know bottom half of the midfield teams
1: oh no uh, I appreciate what you're saying he goes, you don't want it to just be a one-off though i, I he goes I, I, yeah. I, that's not fair you know one of the there's definitely a competitive advantage by letting them get there they they are theoretically a good race performance here there into competing for money and moving up the space there but uh I also think that there's a way to maybe make those guys happy too
0: yeah I mean maybe they're just learn from Red Bull and file in under catering and they'll be fine
1: Right, there's creative ways to yeah. hide your advantages in the cost cap.
0: So. You guys spent three and a half million euros on cappuccinos.
1: Yes, cappuccinos are what the Dutch call uh, side wings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so let's talk about this weekend and what we prognosticate, since we are so good at our jobs in that you know uh, in that area of the business. Um, I'm about to get better. <laughs> um, you know, last locks year's... Locks can- the week. <laughs> <laughs> Lock, stone cold locks. I just saw that, uh, you know, there was an NFL player who lost $8 million in gambling last season. They haven't released the name of who it was, but it wasn't Calvin Ridley, I guess, because he wasn't an NFL player last year. Okay. But uh, if you want to not lose $8 million, just bet on our predictions. with less than $8 million. Right. Uh,
1: Yeah. Our predictions are going with our heart not our brain sometimes. And sometimes we're trying to reverse jinx people. So I would not say we are the betting man's choice. Um, But we will definitely give caveats on the ones that we are betting with our brains going forward here if you do want to actually bet along with us. God bless you if you do. though.
0: (laughs) God bless you, but you should really do better things with your life. Um, who wants to start? Would you like to start us off? Sure, I,
1: I will start us off. Yeah, I teased earlier, very Aston Martin centered one, and probably not all good for them. Um, I know, I believe Lawrence Stroll is dreaming of a two Aston Martin podium in Canada.
0: But, well, yeah, you know, we, we talked about this is another home Grand Prix. We've gone Monaco, Spain, now Canada. There is right. one Canadian driver and one Canadian owner to to bring have, something on home
1: soil. I have two Aston Martin related picks this week. Fernando will podium this week.
0: Lauren Stroll will not. That's a that's a safe prediction. <laughs> Uh, it was that Unless he's going to like get so mad at his son he just Tony Starks it on Sunday.
1: Right. Uh,
0: which is one of the
1: most incredibly BS. Especially once, like, at the time when I was watching that, I wasn't, like, really into Formula 1 when that movie came out, but uh, it did seem com- incredibly ridiculous, just off rip. But I mean, just how hard it's been to get an American into F one because they don't have enough points on their license. I really want to know where Tony Stark got the points on his license to, to race in that race.
0: So, <laughs> well, I, I was always, you know, looking at like what this this isn't F one. This is like Formula Three thousand, like feeder series for just like, you know, uh, essentially rich guy wanted to be anyway, so I figured he could just buy his way into a seat pretty easily. Um, but it but, was supposed to, like, feel like Monaco, wasn't it? I mean, it, it, it was indeed Monaco. Like, it, it was there. I think they even filmed it on the race weekend because all the barricades and everything were set up. It's just, like, the cars they used, it's like one of those, you know, w- when you watch, uh, you know, Days of Thunder or Talladega Nights, you can tell, like, alright, they, they took a little bit of time and had, like, real NASCARs in there. Um, but then when you watch kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a made-for-TV football movie and they've got, you know, teams you'd never heard of playing in cities you haven't heard of, it's like, all right, I, I can tell you didn't really swing for the fences on detail. Like, they, they, I think they had other things to worry about in the story than let's get yeah. accurate Formula One cars. Yeah.
1: Small uh, plot line. We just want a really yeah. nice location and interesting way for us to introduce our villain. they like, yeah. got it, got it, cool. Uh, so let's not digress too much. So, barring Lauren Stroll going out there and just driving the, the race of his life in place of his son, uh, uh, Lance will not podium. That's my second prediction. And I know this may seem like an easy prediction, but if you know me very well, it's really a reverse
0: jinx. I'm picking Max to win. So Fernando podium, Max win. What do you have for number three? Oh, do you
1: consider Lawrence not podium podium as part of my uh, Fernando one, or do you count it as a, as a third? I'll let you. I'll let you decide. Like, when you say Lawrence not podium, or Lance, you,
0: Lance. Sorry. Oh, you, Lance not podium. Yes. Okay, I thought you meant Lawrence. Like okay. No, I uh, was
1: talking about Lawrence' desperation for a two podium. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Lance.
0: Lance Lance podiums, Nando podium. So you're going for a double Aston Martin podium. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying Lance will not podium. Okay. I got you. Got you. Okay. Just just so I was clear, I I guess I got so enamored in seeing that silver-haired devil trying to fit into a seat that I completely <laughs> overlooked that you're saying that his son also wouldn't podium. Mm-hmm. Um okay. So you'll have max on the top step. Fernando somewhere second, second or, third, or third. And Lance, Lance will be between 4th be and 20. <laughs> eating poutine in the garage. Got it. Um okay, well one of my predictions was Max win, so I had to have a backup just in case because I figured you were going to go with that for the reverse jinx. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have George Russell is going to win. Okay. I don't know I don't know why I just I just have this like feeling like he's been behind Lewis most of the year like he's had good qualifying um made a couple of mistakes uh either in like wet weather in Monaco or whatever like a couple of on track mistakes ah. finished behind Lewis ah. um so ah. I I think he feels like he's going to really put down a marker on this race for his season. Say like you know what? I'm going to be you know on fire this race. I don't know. So I that's just a gut feeling I have. George Russell will win. My second prediction is that a rookie will score points. Um, I think McLaren's got better pace than they've had at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think They can be potentially in the mix. So Piastri's got a good chance scoring points. Otherwise, I want to see someone new get points, and the only two people who haven't got points this year are Nick DeVries and Logan Sargent, the other two rookies. So I'm going for a rookie getting points in this race. And third and finally, we are going to have no DNFs. That's my prediction, because in the last four races, we've only had three DNFs. I know it might rain, but it rained in Monaco also, and we only got one DNF. I just, I don't know. This might be a reverse jinx to get a little bit of you know craziness, because we can clearly affect how these races go. But I'm going to say no DNFs, rookie gets points, and George Russell will win. All right, those are some interesting
1: picks this week. Um, I'm hoping for a lot of those to come true for you because that would make it an interesting race. <laughs> uh, I because uh, I do think Piastri has been looking really solid in that McLaren, given McLaren's struggles. Uh, when they started to pick it up, he seemed to come along too, even if Lando hasn't. And um, yeah, I don't know about Nick and word. I know Logan Sargent said this week he's got to do better, but I think he could have said that every week this week and it would have been, you know, something to try to obtain. Um, better at at this point for Logan Sargent is not 20th. So... I don't know, um, you know,
0: Trump did get indicted this week, so maybe he's driving for 45.
1: Maybe. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it needs, right? Um, and that uh, bastion to the north for many people who said... For many of our never-Trumpers, <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if he gets elected, I'm moving to Canada. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a synergy this week. We'll see.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, L- Logan was disappointed to not be down in uh, Miami this week giving his support.
1: And if there is any point to ever end this podcast on, it is definitely in us trying to not delve too deep into politics. Um, So this is another edition of the Red, White and Blue Flags F1 podcast. I'm
0: Ryan Vasquez. I'm Steve McNally. And we'll see you next time across the line.